0: If you're a business owner or a business leader and you're managing all the functions of your C-suite, subscribe to our channel, turn on notifications, and let's start talking about how you can make the most use of your time so that you can enjoy life and keep the dream alive. Welcome to another episode of Fractional with Chris Capone and Associates. I'm here with my uh, good friend and colleague, Rob Kaiser rob is the is an entrepreneur um is a uh partner and owner of the business journal and just a uh, generally good guy and uh before we say anything i, I really want to say thank you rob for helping me start my business and introduce me to a lot of people and give me you know just kind of help me get in and so thank you rob well, I appreciate thanks that. for having
1: me on the podcast
0: yeah so uh before you know the topic for today is going to be kind of you know I bought a business right before the Great Recession and you're still in business. So so that's yeah. cool. Well, thanks for not saying the other part that I'm the dummy that bought the business right before the Great Recession. <laughs> yeah. That was your words, mm. not mine. But uh, yeah, so just uh, take a moment, introduce introduce yourself and kinda how you got to Wilmington and, and how you bought, you know, got to be the publisher of the Greater Wilmington Business Journal.
1: Sure. So I've always been in media throughout my career as a reporter, editor. I helped start a business journal in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Mm -hmm. and never really had the ambition to own a business journal myself until I got to Fort Wayne. I helped start the business journal as editor, I became publisher, saw how the community embraced it. I I thought my one insight in life is that a business journal can work in a small community like a Fort Wayne or a Wilmington. Mm -hmm. So after that Fort Wayne experience, I said, I want another Fort Wayne. And I just started looking around the country at other smaller communities, either where I could start or buy a business journal, Mm -hmm. and just happened to find out the one in Wilmington was for sale. So that was in 2007, and here I still am.
0: Unbelievable. So, you know, because, you know, when people think of entrepreneurs, like, they really think it's like, oh, this guy created this technology or, like, started a business, but, you know, buying a business and then having to run that business is extremely entrepreneurial. So tell us just, I guess, tell us about how, you know, the process of buying of buying the business. I mean, that's an interesting thing just in and of itself. Is putting a deal together and how to buy a business.
1: Yeah, I mean, first taking one step back, I initially was looking to start a business journal, but concluded there was actually less risk in buying it. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, you buy an existing business. You have, you know, in our case, existing readers, existing subscribers, existing advertisers. You know, in my experience in Fort Wayne, where I wasn't the owner, but I helped get it going. I mean, that was a long time before you hit break even when -hmm. you're starting from scratch. Probably have more competition because other media are are very alert to what you're doing and and are, you know, trying to kill you out of the gates. Whereas, you know, buying an existing publication that's established, people have already adjusted. You're probably not going to get a big competitive response just because there's a new owner. Um, And, and, you know, I just felt like that was actually less, you know, I think people often talk about entrepreneurs and taking risks, which it definitely is. But really, you're trying to minimize risks. So one of the ways I felt like in minimizing risks was buying it, which, you know, you know, on day one meant more upfront investment, mm-hmm. but in the long run, I think was actually less risky and, and, you know, proved to be successful.
0: Yeah. So did you, like, hire a business broker or how did you?
1: So actually in the search, I, you know, I, I downloaded the census. I looked at, you know, all the markets that were a little bit bigger than Fort Wayne, a little smaller than Fort Wayne, and that was kind of my target list. Uh-huh. looked up, was there a business journal there or not? You know, if there was one, you know, trying to check it out talked to a bunch of business brokers that specialized in newspapers to let them know i was interested if they had something like this and mm-hmm. that went on for yeah, I was probably six months of that and i was still working in fort wayne this was just you know my, my nights and weekends activity right and then just dumb luck one day i was just i think i was on the wall street journal site and it says you know you can click here to buy a business and it took me over to biz buy sell and i started mm-hmm. searching around and i see this opportunity in the southeast I don't think it even identified Wilmington, Mm -hmm. but, you know, reached out, found out it was a a business journal. It was, you know, what I was looking for. And then, you know, came out to take a look at it.
0: So just really serendipitous, just like kind of random events. Like, oh, I'm going to click on this link and it takes you there. And next thing you know, it fits the profile, I guess, of kind of exactly what you were looking for. Exactly. It
1: was, you know, I wanted a, a growing market. I wanted, you know, a place that had, good business activity, but had potential for more. Yeah, it was a good situation where the business was established. At that point, it was Mm -hmm. a monthly business journal, but they weren't doing much digitally, they didn't have like daily emails that we have, they didn't have events. So there was a lot of opportunity for
0: growth as well. So did you just like pick up the phone and like call the owner and be like, hey, or like, how did you like I mean, so from clicking on the link and seeing that, you know, like, how did that play out like
1: yeah i just responded to the ad yeah. i think signed a non-disclosure yeah. agreement got the information you know fit everything i liked never been to wilmington before so got on a plane came to wilmington checked it out yep. i purposely timed my visit when the chamber annual meeting was taking place oh, cool. so i could kind of get a sense yeah. of the business community and i mean it just i mean it was one visit fit everything I wanted. And then, you know, then we negotiated uh, on, you know, what the price was going to be and how it was all going to work. But I mean, it happened fairly quick. I'm trying to remember when my I guess my visit was probably in February. And, you know, I owned it in May.
0: Oh, my gosh. So it's it's funny. So May 2007. I, I think that's basically when I moved down to Wilmington mm-hmm. to go to UNCW. So, you know, I was moving into the area, you know, I was a college student at that point. Yes, you're, you're a little younger than I am, Chris. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> I was, I was, as, as I was talking, I was like, oh, I'm not, that's not what I say <laughs> by any means. But so, I mean, so 2007, like, you know, I mean, doesn't seem that long ago, but it's 2023 now. You know, it's 18 years. 16. I was young when I bought the business. Yes, again, you right? were. Yes, you were. But like, what a different time in terms of like e- the economy in 2007, social media in 2007, just yeah, like I- digit- iPhone just
1: coming out. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh-huh. digital media in general at that point. So, you know, like you said, yeah, my my longer phrase,
1: by the way, is I'm the dummy that bought a newspaper right before the Great Recession. Is the uh, my, yeah. my full. Um, But yeah, it has. I mean, media was already changing a lot. You know, it certainly has accelerated, you know, since 2007. I felt like, though, you know, when I was making the decision to buy a business journal, you know, I was very consciously, I mean, I could have bought a daily newspaper. There there were plenty of them for sale. It would have actually been a lot easier to do that. But I felt like the big trend in media was, everything was going to specialty websites, everything was going niche mm-hmm. versus you know, the old days of a daily newspaper being all things to all people that was kind of going away. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, well, starting with the business journal and the woman, Joy Allen, who started the business journal had also started Wilma. So I had the opportunity to already have two media brands under one roof, which creates some efficiencies. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, yeah, felt like it was a good, good situation.
0: So you you, you buy the, you know, you buy the journal, and I'm sure, you know, you you have some type of plan on, you know, what you're going to do and how you're going to grow it or change things. And then 2008, 2009 comes around. And what happens is just kind of throw that out the out the window and, you know, reassess everything? Or were you able to kind of stick to the initial plan you had?
1: It actually, I mean, in terms of you as our fractional CFO will be very happy to know like our numbers were very on yeah I mean if you look at kind of the the one year two year plan of what I expected to do uh-huh. although you know the economy was going through a lot but yeah my, my approach was one get to know the community get to know people yep. I'm not going to come in here and change a bunch of things or do things They're without having a <laughs> conversations, obviously yeah. get to know our team and grow our yeah. team. Yeah. But yeah. I mean the first thing we did was expanded the business journal from being monthly to coming out every other week. Right. So we you know expanded our production. Uh, we expanded our digital reach, we started doing the power breakfast. But you know I really I felt like the, that first summer was my listening tour. I just went out talked to a lot of business leaders, people in the community, you know kind of understanding where the community stood. You know what they would like to see from a publication like ours mm-hmm. and then the following february we relaunched the business journal we did a complete redesign we had a lot of new features you know we covered the business of healthcare we covered tech companies mm-hmm. we you know did a lot of uh new things and you know i think upgraded the look upgraded the photography upgraded the you know the reach into the community and yeah, you know, then I was able to go go back to the people that we had originally talked to, and said, you know, hey, is this what you're talking about? And oh, by the way, we're starting to Power Breakfast in a few months, and, right. and we're you know we're upgrading our website and our digital outreach. So I think you know the community was great. I mean, it was you know what I was hoping for, and I would say I think a smaller community like ours disproportionately appreciates when you have a publication like ours. Mm-hmm. Because in many small communities, it doesn't exist. Right. And I think a lot of people in Wilmington are used to higher-end publications, higher-end events from where they came from. Right. They don't necessarily expect to find it in, in Little Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, when they do, they're, they're very appreciative. And, of course, you know, the people who are already here, the people who were you know, born in Wilmington and you know, take pride in our business community and what it is and, and the fact of just being able to bring people together. I mean, I always say Wilmington is a very disconnected community just because there's a lot of new people here, and there's kind of a lot of segments of the community and different people in different parts, and we don't all necessarily always come together. So being able to host Power Breakfasts and business expos and things like that really kind of helps make connections that may not otherwise happen.
0: You know, just to exactly to that point, I got connected with a with the gentleman who moved down here, um, him and his wife moved down here from, you know, like the Philly, the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we just got connected through mutual, you know, associates here in town. And we we're just having a video chat. And he's like, you know, I was asking him what type of stuff he's involved in. And he mentioned that he's really, you know, he loves going to the, uh, the biz journal events. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, what is so cool about Wilmington is that, you know, I, I go to the, you know, the after hours event or the power breakfast, and there's this sense of like community and feeling where you don't get that in bigger markets. Cause you could be a member of like four different networking groups and you go and there's like everything's even more disconnected. You know, there's so many different groups and everybody's just there hard selling, trying to make business, you know. But when you go to the events here, I feel like it's more just like, hey, we're having a good time, we're hanging out, we're, you know, talking and, you know, some business will definitely come from that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think that kind of goes... Exactly yeah, I think to the culture
1: you're... here is, you know, uh, uh, so many business people here have chosen to live here. You know, it's almost like you're born where you're born, and sometimes you're born in a great place, and sometimes you're not. And oftentimes, like, you know, where you go to college or, or your next step is like, right. we all chose to be here. It's kind of instant community. That, that That's kind of like what Wilmington is and our business community is. You know, there's also so many people myself included, who aren't from here. Mm-hmm. So when I meet somebody who's just moved here, it's like, hey, you know, I went through what you, you're you going through and let yeah. me help you connect in. And here's people to know, here's things to get involved with. Let me know, if you know, and so I think that's just the culture of our area is everyone's happy to be here. Yep. People want to help people that are coming Absolutely. in.
0: Absolutely. And I remember, you know, when I, when I graduated college, it was like 2011 and, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, do big stuff i guess and you know i was like all right so where do i go to work in wilmington you know i want to stay here and there were definitely some good opportunities unfortunately it just wasn't like you know i guess within my within my you know purview or whatever but you know fast forward to now it's a completely different perspective and i think you know people still have this idea that oh it's just little wilmington it's uh you know, a retirement community, you know, vacation place, you know, there's a college there and, and restaurants. That's not the case. I mean, that's really not the case anymore. I mean, it's, we've got publicly traded companies, you know, we've got big banks, software companies, you know, life sciences. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really a cool, cool place to be.
1: Yeah. That's we, we have a vibrant business community, but it's not immediately obvious. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, for someone who's just on vacation here, you know, you'll, you'll see, you know, the PPD building or you'll right. see certain, you'll see the corning plant or, you know, yep. you'll see certain things. But, you know, once you're here for a little while, and I mean, a lot of people don't even, you know, know about the Live Oak campus. That's not, right. you know, you're not just, you know, just kind of drive past that when you're on your way to the beach or yep. something like that. So I think, yeah, you know, once people get involved and, and start to see, you know, all the little startups there are and tech companies and, you know, obviously tons of lifestyle businesses yeah. and things like that. And it's you know, obviously it's changed in my time here. You know, when I started, it was, you know, no Live Oak, no Encino yeah. and Castle Branch was just a little startup yeah. downtown and, uh, you know, things, the things have really grown. PPD
0: was like a building and then there was absolutely nothing around right. it. Like, yeah. It was just like wasteland. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. I think
1: PPD building actually just opened the year, I, I think actually when I came here they they were not didn't even occupy it yet they just wow. started to uh, move yeah. in there
0: so going back to you know you you buy the you know you buy the business and you talked about how you know you really spent kind of the first year listening you know going around meeting people and I mean every you know a lot of the books I don't know I, I, I say I read a lot of books but when I really think about it I'm like you know maybe a couple a year but but the but the book you know the the best business books that you've read it talks about who first you know like people first and it talks about the voice of the customer and basically what you I mean what you said was really getting to meet the people getting to meet the team and then going around and asking people you know what they would like to see and it's like it's kind of like you know what you said is textbook you know for what I it was that like a planned thing? Is that you know you were you know well studied businessman, or was that just that's just what the right thing to do was? And I didn't overanalyze it. I just that's what I did.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I having you know having been in media my whole career, having helped start another business journal in mm-hmm. another market, although very you know Fort Wayne's obviously very different than Wilmington and very different dynamics and industries and how it's made up. I mean, I had, you know, I I always go into any new business venture with, you know, my theory in my head or maybe written down. Here's what I think is going to work. Here's a spreadsheet business model of how I think it's going to work. And then in those conversations and as I really learn and really dig in, you know, that kind of tests my theory, you know, before I invest in, you know, having the paper come out. 26 times a year instead of 12 and, you know, more than doubling my printing bills and distribution bills and right. having to hire more staff and yeah. doing, you know, all the things you need to do. Um, so, it, you know, it's really, you know, I think generally, you know, if you're going into a business in an industry you've been in, you know, you come in with certain assumptions mm-hmm. and, you know, some are proven correct, some are proven wrong, but that's where, you know, I think certainly things got tweaked once I got to town. Once I really started having those conversations, you know, once I really felt like I was starting to get a sense of the community, then you know, some things change. You you make you know, certain things you're going to do differently in different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the basics of what what we've done, you know, for the business journal side, has uh, you know pretty much follow what what I'd expect.
0: What would you say like the you know, one of the biggest challenges that you have had to overcome in owning the business, in the you know over the past fifteen years.
1: Yeah, I mean, there you know, not not to make light of the Great Recession, mm-hmm. that was a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fortunately, I feel like Wilmington got hit a little later than many other markets mm-hmm. in terms of you know things were going well here. You didn't have, you know, you still had people coming in, and you still had activity, but, you know, it was certainly not something I had planned for. So navigating through that, I mean, the reality was some of our core advertising that, you know, national advertisers, banks, you know, a big, big supporter yep. advertiser, I mean, that a lot of those dried up. So the fortunate thing was we had our new initiatives kind of you know ready to go and rolling out. So, you know, a lot of I mean really for several years our events, our new digital properties really carried us. Awesome. Whereas, you know, a traditional business journal at that time, you know, you would kind of expect the ads in the business journal to to carry you through. Um so, you know, we had to be pretty quick on our feet to you know, be like, all right, well, if these things aren't happening, then we're going to have to create something else to right. make sure we're still moving forward. But we were still able to grow every year yeah. through it. We were, you know, we were building off a smaller base than, you know, than what we are now. Mm-hmm. But um, but it was, you know, you had to move quick. And, you know, I had loans and I'm getting margin calls and I'm getting, yeah. you know, you, you, it was uh, it was tight yeah. to, uh, to find your way through.
0: I'll bet. So, um, I was talking with a, with a group that, um, like an equity group, they, you know, they buy their goal is to buy and sell, you know, buy and hold businesses, sell businesses, and kind of got into this discussion with them. And I'm like, you know, at what point, you know, when you're valuing a business and, you know, you're looking at your, you know, your pro forma and, you know, am I going to be able to cover this debt and overhead and all this stuff? Like, at you know, at what point do you just say, you know? you know the numbers say this it might not be right but i believe in myself or i believe in the plan that i have that you know uh, there's one thing that's constant in life is that it's change and you know i'm just going to you know we're, we're going to do it and things are prob there's going to be things that we have to overcome and you just kind of got to roll up your sleeves and and figure it out and it sounds like you kind of had a plan that was you know kind of set to help you get through that regardless but Yeah, Did you have to, like, accelerate, you know, the plan of doing more digital stuff or, you know, trying to do things differently? Or was it?
1: Yeah, I I mean, so first of all, in terms of, you know, the model beforehand, I, you as a CFO, hopefully will appreciate this. I mean, I took every single contract from every single advertiser, you know, in my due diligence, built a spreadsheet Uh of, you know, a couple years of history, made some assumptions. Okay, how many people are going to continue many people are going to drop off how many new advertisers may we get mm-hmm. you know if we take on this additional expense of expanding the publication and more printing bills and more distribution bills and you know how much more can we expect where can we get rates to we so i mean i had fairly big model built out for all of this i love it so that you know to me that's just pressure testing okay and, you know and my numbers are my numbers realistic and i will always whenever i budget i'll always do the expense side first. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't like folks that budget and it's like, Okay, well, the bottom line has to be this. So let's tweak the revenue numbers, or let's tweak this or that. So I'll do the cost, I'll do the revenue, then I'll look at at where it's at. So there's no, you know, kind of bias. Yeah, there's nothing there. Like, I'm not shooting for a number, I just want to see if I'm very realistic on expenses, very Mm -hmm. realistic on revenue, where is that going to put me and then that may help decide, well, we're not doing that because yeah. that's, you know it's not going to make sense or maybe yeah. let's try this idea or that idea yeah. so i mean I, I always operate including in the beginning of it's not like I, I did not have a five-year plan of here's what we're going to do in the first five years in the business journal right you know some of it's just opportunistic in conversation so one of those conversations was with larry clark who's the dean of Cameron School yeah, of business I remember. Then. yeah yeah and um, he was i will say one of the first big believers, and he got it, like, first conversation, like, he's like, yep, got it, want to support you, put me on the Cameron School Advisory Board, um, you know, started advertising with us, Mm -hmm. uh, and and just, you know, supported what we did. And one of the ways was, they had had the uh, Entrepreneur Awards program for a while, and it it never really had a home, like it kind of bounced around a couple places. And I said to him, I said, hey, you know, I I used to run an entrepreneur awards program like this in uh, Fort Wayne. You know, what do you think about us partnering on it? And there are a few changes I'd like to make because it was more of a chamber awards program at that time. Kind of like, you know, companies that were good chamber members that, you know, were good members of the community that. But, you know, they're mainly, you know, nice lifestyle businesses. They were not your live oaks and senos or, you know, your high growth. Businesses that are going to create hundreds, thousands of jobs. Right. So I said, why don't we shift this? Let's let's keep recognizing the chambers. Obviously, let's keep all the chambers, others involved who historically been involved, but let's shift the main focus to we want to identify high growth companies, shine a spotlight on them, mm-hmm. help them make connections, help them grow. So he was all in. I mean, we, with my second year here we partnered on it and, you know, we're still partnering with, with the university on the coastal Entrepreneur world.
0: Yeah. I was, uh, that was a great event. This is my first year being, mm-hmm. being part of it, you know, just as a, as a sponsor, but it was an awesome event, you know, and just like you said, it's, 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 it, it's a way to help support businesses that are trying to are trying to grow, gives them a little bit more exposure and, you know, shed some light on what they're doing. So yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: So that's the thing. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking at the outset, you know, Hey, we're going to, do the entrepreneur awards here so sometimes it is just you know what partnerships make sense and there's also some things we don't do because you know we're not just going to replicate you know if something already exists in the community there's lots of things to do there's lots of ideas so somebody's already doing something you mm-hmm. know we may have looked at and it's like all right well somebody's already doing that let's we'll find something else to, yeah. to focus on
0: yeah so um so so you know so you've got the business journal, but you're also you know involved in in some other businesses as well so how do you you know tell us a little bit about some of the other businesses you're involved in and then you know how do you how do you manage to split your time between you know run you know being part of different businesses
1: Yeah. so well kind of part two if we're focusing some on business sales so yeah. you know I bought the business in 2007 this will kind of eventually lead to answering your question. Mm-hmm. Um, several years in, I kind of thought, you know, it'd kind of be nice to not be the only owner or, you know, kind of have somebody else in my shoes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Robert Preville, who's my business partner today, yep. we had worked on a couple of things or looked at a couple of ventures before, and he, he's a tech guy, he's a developer, he, you know, no media background, mm-hmm. but, you know, he was in several respects, a very good business partner, because one, he came at it totally differently than I did in terms of, and he's just a very good business guy, strategy guy, sales guy, and technology guy. And, you know, media companies today, you have to be a technology company as well as being a media company. So he kind of brought the technology side to it. So in 2013, he bought half the business. And you know, with the idea being he would work in the business for a while, mm-hmm. particularly on our technology side, and then eventually he would, you know likely do something else, or he'd already done several startups, had several successful exits. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happened. He worked in the business for a couple of years. And then from our office, he started thinking through a bunch of different concepts mm-hmm. and eventually did a concept originally called Quipped. Which is an online marketplace where businesses could rent or lease equipment. Mm-hmm. That's evolved into a business called Approve, which is more more focused on the leasing side of things. Mm-hmm. So that's you know the other business um, I'm involved in is Approve, which but the way we're equal partners in both businesses. I mean, Approve right. has other investors as well. Right. But basically, day to day, you know, I'm on the I run the Business Journal Wilma business. He runs the approved business. You know, we talk most days about something. Mm -hmm. But, and that was really one of my goals. One of the reasons I liked Business Journals is its entree into a lot of things. And I I knew the guy who used to own the Indianapolis Business Journal. He did the same thing. He, He, you know, he started the Business Journal got him involved in a lot of different ventures, different things in the community. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that was appealing and that's kind of how it's playing out. Like I, you know, I, I like journalism, business and community and this role kind of gives me entree into all three and, you know, and then involvement in other other businesses. Yeah, and the, the
0: networking of meeting all these people and yeah. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys are, you said equal partners. That's got to be an interesting, you know, typically, you know, you got, you have a majority owner and you have a minority owner or, you know, something like that. You guys are equal, equal partners. How does that, how does that play out in the day-to-day and the decision-making process on, you know, strategy and and other daily operational activities?
1: I mean, it's worked well. I'd say that, you know, we approach things very differently. So, you know, we'll go at it sometimes on, on, (laughs) different things, which I don't know, like either of us takes personally in terms of it's just debating something out. And I would say almost always we end up at a better place than either one of us would have
0: On individually. Own.
1: Yeah, I do think, you know, the way it's played out where, you know, I run my business, he runs his business. We both have interest in the other, you know, and we don't, you know, we'll get input from the other. Sometimes we listen to them. Sometimes we don't. And, you know, ultimately, you know, we don't, you know, we don't, it's my business or his business, even though the ownership is even, you know, it's very clear who's in charge and, who, you know, who's going to make the decision. So I think ultimately that has worked very well that, you know, we have two different businesses, but, you know, shared interests and we can learn from each other, bounce ideas off each other. And, you know, ultimately we're in, we're in the same shoes, we're in the same situation. So, you know, you know, it's great to talk to advisors, to talk to friends, to talk to consultants, but you know, literally having somebody who has the exact same stake in a business as you, that's a different level. Like that's, you know, the eleven o'clock at night phone call. It's like, well probably my business consultant's not answering that call, but my business partner is.
0: Right, absolutely. Uh, That's pretty. So how did you meet Robert? Were you, like, was it through him wanting to buy into the business trail, or did you guys have a relationship? No, actually,
1: it was through the Coastal Entrepreneur Awards. No way. So the first year we did it, when we partnered with UNCW, yeah. his previous company, Global Test Supply, uh-huh. was one of the winners. And I remember when he came in and did his presentation, I was like, huh, this guy's pretty sharp. Yeah. And like, whenever we scheduled like the first presentation meeting I kind of knew a little bit about all the ones are going to come in I'm like I know this guy will be good and it won't be embarrassing to put him in front of the judges and by the way like one of the judges then was Fred Eshelman the founder of PPD PPD, yeah so like you know we we I wanted to start off well Mm -hmm. so anyways he made a very good impression he had a good business but I mean that was was a number of years later so yeah we had became friends talked over the years you know, looked at some other ventures over the years, and then once he sold Global Test Supply, then it, it led to more serious conversations right. about about him him joining the Business Journal.
0: Awesome. So uh, you're telling me a little bit about a, uh, you know, a clause that you guys have in your in your operating agreement. Because I asked, I was like, well, you guys are fifty fifty partners. If you guys don't agree on something. How how does that work out? So tell us about this yeah. this little little deal. So
1: my, my attorney tried to talk me out of selling fifty you know fifty percent of the business because you know the obvious problem becomes we start fighting. Yeah. There's no you know if nobody has control then you know sometimes business you can business can come to a standstill. Nothing's getting done. Mm-hmm. So he suggested what he called the Texas Shootout provision, which is. If things go bad, you can't resolve anything, and you're just done, then you make an offer to buy out your business partner. Mm -hmm. But once you make that offer, you don't know if you're the buyer or the seller.
0: Interesting. So if
1: I say, all right, buy you out for a million dollars, he might say, okay, I'll take it. Or he might say, nope, here's a million dollars, you're out. So it's really an incentive to try to work things out because, you know. I mean, if you want out of the business or something, then you can just have a separate discussion about that. Right. But it's really just if things get so bad where at the point I'm just getting out of the situation, either I'm either getting him out or I'm getting out, that's a way to do it. So fortunately, we've never been yeah. close to, uh, to that point, but right. I thought that was a good, good thing to put in the agreement. And, and, you know, worst case scenario, which is, you know, when you're doing a deal like this, you got to try to plan for worst case. Exactly. Scenario.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, things I've from people much smarter than me. And, you know, I'm just regurgitating, but plan for the worst and, you know, and hope for the best. Yeah. You know, you, you got to have that worst case doomsday scenario plan in place. Just that's part of business planning, life planning. Yeah. No. And it stuff. is
1: important to, you know, when you're, if you're buying a business, if you're structuring a deal to talk out the details. <laughs> Have a good legal agreement of it, you know. If it's something like this, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I'm sure you have seen also. There's just way too many businesses, just on a handshake deal. There's nothing written down, and there's and then suddenly, you know, either when things get really good or things get really bad, and suddenly it's yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that are unclear as to how how things are going to work.
0: So, what would you say? Um, like one of the, you know. With the business journal and what and what you guys have done over you know fifteen years, we talked about you know some of the struggles and the hardships. What would you say would be like one of your biggest successes or your proudest moment of owning the business journal?
1: Yeah. I would actually say it's Wilma. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say I'm the the accidental owner of a women's magazine because <laughs> I you know I, I really went into this wanting to own a business journal. Right. And then Joy Allen, who started the business journal in 2000, started Wilma in 2003. Mm-hmm. So I really I reached an agreement first to buy the business journal. And you know, then I was thinking about it. I'm looking at the team and the jobs and I'm like, I'm gonna leave a bunch of people with half a job. and like this this really does not make sense. I don't know how we're gonna split this up and, and how you know this would work. And, you know, start then running the numbers, looking at the efficiencies. Well, I still only need one office for Business Journal, Wilma. Right. I still only need one sales team. I still can have one editorial team, you know, one office manager. You know, so you start putting some numbers on it, and you're like, eh, this kind of makes sense. Not that I know anything about running a women's magazine. Um, But so ultimately, I made an offer for Wilma as well. Okay. And so in some ways, Business Journal or Wilma are opposite. There's lots of business journals out there. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people to copy from, a lot of experience. We're part of a national association of business journals where we all openly share ideas and information. And, and Wilma is very rare. There are not many local women's magazines in markets that, that try to holistically address women's lives. Right. So careers, uh, leadership, health, family, home, I mean, oftentimes there's like a fashion magazine or a home magazine, but there's not many magazines that try to do what Wilma does. So Wilma, you know, we have had to make it up as we go and, and really try, we're not like business journal, we can really copy, you know, it's not like we're the first people that have ever done a power breakfast. Like right. there's lots of power breakfasts around the country. Yeah. We pretty much stole the logo of somebody else's power breakfast to, you know, in terms of getting ours going. Yeah. But probably to answer your question, uh, so, you know, Wilma really grew, really grew a following. It's a very uh, strong brand in the community. We started the Women to Watch Awards, which is to recognize up-and-coming women in our community. And after a while, we said, like, well, what what would it look like Is if instead of one day a year we recognize up-and-coming women, what if Wilma took on the mission to help develop more women leaders in our community, in in businesses, Nonprofits, government bodies, and boards of directors. Mm-hmm. Like, what would we do? So we, we put together a plan of, well, we would do these large events, we would do these smaller events, what we call the Wilma Network, where, where members can get together and, and just be able to connect and, and share ideas. We created the Wilma Leadership Institute, which yep. is now 48 women that go through a nine-month program that hear from community leaders that serve as each other's peer advisory board. Uh, we have a mentor program. We have a get on board program to help more women get on boards of directors. And so to me, that is the, the most impactful thing we have done. I mean, if you look at the women who have gone through these programs, mm-hmm. if you hear them speak at the graduation event we have each year at the Wilma Leadership Institute, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, you know, how it's changed their lives and, and their ambitions and the leadership roles that uh, they're in. Actually, just uh, Jessica Loper, who just uh, was on the keynote at the Wilma Leadership Accelerator Mm -hmm. last week, she went through the the Wilma Leadership Program several years ago as the communications director, I think actually like the assistant communications director at the county, Mm -hmm. she then became communications director and now she's assistant county manager and there's just and, and, you know, now she's on stage at the convention center so in front great. of 350 people talking about her experiences. And there's just there's so many stories like that. Yep. Um, so I'd say that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely the, that's kind of awesome. the biggest impact we've made.
0: That's so cool. And what better? I mean, there's no better advertising or like I hate to say advertising or marketing, but just like proof of hey, what we're doing is actually working. You know, I went through this and I did this. And now this is where I am, you know, like three, five years later. Yeah. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. No, it's neat. You know, it fits like with, you know, with our mission and other things we do. And and one of the things when we went out to the community and started talking to people about this idea and we said, like, we need sponsors. Like this is, you know, we are going to have to, invest in this. This is going to, you know, we're going to create new events. We're going to create new programs. We're going to create this institute. Mm -hmm. We went at first to a lot of the larger companies and pitched them on being founding sponsors. And we had good buy-in enough that we could move forward um, with it. But yeah, you you need to have that type of community involvement and support to get something like that off the ground.
0: Very cool. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the, the Biz Expo. The business expo that's it's something that i've actually personally i haven't been to before um i'm absolutely going to be involved in it this year but i think that would be a a cool thing to to share and explain what the biz expo is and when that is and how and how you can get involved in it if you want to be a part of that
1: yeah so this year the event's october 5th it's at the convention center cool. so that's the largest annual gathering of our of the entire business community mm-hmm. so we have the entire expo hall we have more than 100 local companies in there we have a keynote lunch that we sponsor with the that we uh work with the swain center at uncw with their economic outlook program and then we have what we'll have 16 different seminars going on in the breakout rooms cool. throughout the day and one new component we're going to have this year we've added a careers and talent part to the day so from 9 to 11 in the morning Mm -hmm. all the companies that are there we're going to invite students from cfcc from uncw from brunswick community college and other people who are you know looking for jobs or potentially transitioning to be able to come out and talk with local companies and so it's you know obviously one of the biggest needs of companies these days is workforce talent yeah Yeah. and so whether it's you know someone who is in school and maybe becomes an intern or they have an apprentice program or they're making career decisions so it's an opportunity for um you know companies and students young adults to be able to learn about and again like we talked about before there's a lot of hidden companies in our community there's Mm -hmm. a lot of cool jobs a lot of things yeah, you can are. do and it's just you know having awareness about what those are yeah
0: so that's so it's like kind of a way to you know it's a gathering for the local business community to you know educate on you know what you know networking education on businesses you know connecting people is that am i kind of oh yeah summarizing no that
1: i up? mean it's it's um i mean it's just a the place to to come together. So, you know, if you're a local company and, you know, you want to get in front of other businesses, you want to get in front of the business journal audience, be able yep. to interact with them, you yep. can have a booth at that event. You know, just being at the keynote lunch where it's the it's the university's economic outlook for the year. So there's a national perspective. They'll bring someone in to give a national perspective. Oh, cool. And then they'll have their local regional economists give uh Perspective, so it's a good just kind of outlook on what's happening. And then through all that, we work with a number of uh, local companies to put on seminars at the event, so you get education on a lot of different topics. So it's just a great, a lot packed into one day, and but great way to make a lot of new connections, connect with different companies, with you know potential customers, suppliers, employees. Awesome, all in one day. So you better make it this year. Yeah, I'll be there for sure.
0: Absolutely. In our last uh, couple minutes here looking back on everything you've done, your successes, your failures, what would be, you know, like if I'm, you know, if I'm someone I want to buy a business or I want to start a business and I'm struggling to figure out, you know, where, you know, where do I start? You know, what would be, you know, what would be some advice or, you know, some, some thought on where you should, where you should start?
1: Yeah. Well, one, one good piece of advice I got in my career was so when I was I was at Chicago Tribune, I got my MBA at night and I finished that and I was kind of like, Okay, what do I do? You know, do I get into consulting? Do I get into investment banking? Do I switch? Yeah, that's kind of an opportunity to potentially do something different. Right. And I sat down with a guy who ran a consulting company, was asking him, and he said, Well, you know, you could do those things. But just realize, you know, you've spent the past ten years of your career in media, you know, every day, you know, working in this industry, understanding this industry. And, you know, if, if you leave that behind, you know, you're kind of starting fresh. So that really, you know, kind of gave more thought to, you know, I knew I, I didn't want to be a reporter my entire career. Mm-hmm and you know i wanted eventually to be in a business or you know get involved in the business side um but that really made me kind of refocus and think you know i like this industry you know if i could find a path where you know i can do what i want to do and at that point i still wasn't contemplating business ownership right but that you know i thought that was good advice so you know probably the advice is you know leverage your experience Mm -hmm. you know leverage your contacts if you've been doing something for 10, 15 years, you know, just realize if you, you, know, you can go in a totally different direction. And sometimes people are fed up with what they're doing in their industry and they don't want to stay in it, then then great. Obviously, right. you want to do something you enjoy yeah. doing because you're going to be spending, especially if you're the business owner, you're going to be spending a lot of time doing it and worrying about it and you know, figuring it out. Right. Um, but I, I think sometimes people may walk away too fast from from what they know mm-hmm. and then you know things that are advantages and owning a business in in a field where you have experience
0: that's it's so interesting that you say that because I'm just like looking back on on my kind of career and trajectory and you know you, you actually helped me come up with the idea on like how to write my first article and blog post and what I should write about and basically it was like you know, I I always wanted to be a business owner and entrepreneur, but then I became an accountant, right? Like you know, and I was, and you know, ten years later, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm still, you know, I've gotten into more strategy and operations and running businesses, not just you know doing the accounting, and just it somehow kind of turned into okay, so now I, I have a bookkeeping and fractional CFO business, and that's what I was educated on. That's what my experience is. But now that I'm in the spot where I'm at, I get to do a lot more of the stuff that I'd like to do like like this and networking and helping people solve problems, not just balancing the balance, you know, the balance sheet. You know, hopefully that balances and debits and credits and all that good stuff. Yeah. So.
1: Well, that's I think the other thing is when you, know, when you get sometimes it is just making the decision that, hey, I'm going to do this and it's never going to be perfect. If only the perfect opportunity would come, if I had the perfect idea. Right. I mean, you should give, you know, a lot of thought and run the numbers. And, you know, it is, for most people, a very big risk to do it. But at some point, you know, you got to jump off a cliff. And the reality is, very rarely are you going to have some blinding epiphany that's going (laughs) to lead to some unbelievable business. Usually, it's just you're in a business, you hear what customers need, you you understand your market and you iterate and you improve and you, you know, over time add things. So if you know, if you identified, well, companies need bookkeeping help. Yeah. And you know, probably had you never started your fractional CFO business, you may have not got talked to enough people to realize, well, here's a market need and yeah. but yeah, you know, once you're in the space, you know, then you can start you to learn a address lot. More. It,
0: yeah. You know so um where can you know just as we wrap up here if i'm you know if i want to get involved with the biz journal or wilmo or if i you know want to get more involved with the local business community where can i where can i find you where can i find the biz journal how do i how do i get um subscribed for example
1: yeah so i would uh for a business journal go to wilmingtonbiz.com cool. definitely you know either sign up and subscribe or at least sign up for our daily emails that are free that'll keep you in the loop as to what's happening day to day you'll get all the alerts about our events coming up, you know, follow us on social media. And then same thing with Wilma, it's wilmamag.com. Cool. Sign up for emails. That'll get you uh, involved in everything.
0: Awesome. Well, Rob, thank you very much for joining us. Right. And uh, thank you for, you know, everything that you've helped me with over the past couple of past years. So getting my business started and it's just been a pleasure to have you on. Me too. Thank you. Thanks, Rob.